Welcome back to a new series on On The Grow podcast. I'm your host, Grace Lee. In my last series, I shared five ways on how I stay positive in stressful situations. I focused on the topic of what drives your life and three things that have been driving my life in the past few years. I have a conversation with my sister, Rebecca Lee, a third-year medical student about dealing with pressure in the medical field and the pressure of the blogging industry, the struggle of losing control, and why God closes doors. And I share a chapter that I've never read aloud. I open up about something that's been buried deep inside me for eight years. And I talk about how I found strength in the weakest and darkest moments through my faith. In the last episode of the series, I recap all the seasons of 2019 on On The Grow and share my goals for 2020. Like the seasons, we go through different seasons in life. There are the happy ones where we are grateful and thankful to experience life in this way. However, some aren't always as happy as the others. Some leave us in difficult situations that are hard to pick ourselves up from. Some test our patience and some leave us broken temporarily only to make us stronger. In this episode, I have a conversation with Natty Michelle, a digital content creator of nine years and a good friend of mine based here in New York City. She shares her story on losing her dad to cancer 10 years ago, how it affected her mentally, emotionally, and physically, and how the pain and grief of this loss has made her stronger and shaped her into the person she is today. This conversation was a very difficult one to have, but I'm so proud that she was able to share this story, and I hope this sheds light on anyone else dealing with a similar situation. Thanks so much for being here, Natty. So what exactly happened that led up to this very moment? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So starting from the beginning, in May of 2010, my father had complained that he wasn't feeling well. He was having stomach pains, especially when he was eating, and he was having trouble sleeping. None of us really thought much of it. He had never really been sick before, so we didn't really think it was anything to worry about. About a week or two later, we had a surprise party for my mom's 60th, and he was there, my whole family was there, and everyone started to notice that he was a little jaundiced, so his skin was a little yellow, which usually means that it has something to do with the liver. So at this point, you know, we were all kind of a little bit, we were worried. We felt like something could really be wrong. And I remember telling him, like, you have to go to the doctor. If this continues, if you're still not feeling well, please go and get checked out. So my mom's birthday is May 9th. So if two, about two weeks or so after that, Memorial Day weekend, that Saturday, I had gone out with my friends at night and I got a phone call from my sister. I want to say it was like around 11, 1130 at night that she was taking my father to the emergency room. He was having horrible stomach pains at this point. Like he definitely just needed to go and get checked out. So I left my friends. I remember driving straight to the hospital and they started running tests on my dad and they found a mass. And they didn't know at the time that it was cancer. And we were thinking anything else but cancer. Like that was definitely not a thought in my mind in that moment. And he ended up getting the official diagnosis on Monday Memorial Day that it was stage four colon cancer 
and by the time they found it, it had already spread to his liver and to his lymph nodes. So hence him being jaundice and the, his skin being yellow is because the cancer had already spread to his liver. It was very unexpected. It was all very quick and sudden. Three months after his diagnosis, he passed away. So I remember the week that he died, we had to take him to the hospital because with the chemotherapy and the treatment, there's so many different side effects and things that can happen to you. And one of the things that was happening was he was retaining so much water. Mm -hmm. His legs and his stomach were like, like bloated and extended. Like I remember I would put my finger on his leg and you could see a little bit of like water. Like that's how much water he had been retaining. I mean, it was crazy. And this was happening so much in his stomach. So we took him to the hospital so that they could um, drain his stomach. Okay. And again, in this moment, I'm not thinking that that he was going to pass away. I I yeah, was what really is going through your mind actually through this. God, I mean, time. so much is going through my mind. I'm I'm just praying for a miracle. I'm just not ever thinking that him dying was an option. You know, okay. some, he he said the whole time that he was sick in those three months. Like I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna fight this. He was always very positive about it. Always had a very positive outlook and mentality. And we all tried to have that too. I was obviously scared and I was worried and I was concerned, mm-hmm. but I definitely did not think that it would have happened as quickly as it did. Mm-hmm. So I remember we took him to the hospital to get his stomach drained and I was actually the one that went into the room with him for them to do the procedure. And I just remember saying to him, like, you're going to be okay. It's fine. Like after they do this, you might have to be here for a day or two and you're going to go back home. I really thought it was going to be Okay. So after the procedure, they had to keep him for tests and stuff. And he just started declining at that point in the hospital. Um, Sorry, I'm going to get a little emotional. Um, He ended up passing away a couple of days after. (laughs) After they drained his stomach, I was in the room with him. A few of my other family members were in the room with him. And I I was holding his hand. I had my other hand on his heart. So... I felt his last heartbeat. Oh, I saw his, I saw him take his last breath, and I, that will stay with me for the rest of my life. But I'm actually thankful that I was able to be there in that moment because, you know, there are people who lose a loved one, and you get a phone call, and you're not able to make it in time, or you right. don't get to say goodbye. So I'm happy that I was able to be there, and my family was able to be there, and he wasn't alone, and he knew that. He, yeah, he was everyone loved. Everyone was there. Yeah. Everyone was... We were all there, but... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing just happened so quickly, and I just feel like the cancer, having spread to his liver and his lymph nodes, he just didn't really have much of, like, a fighting chance. I mean, it's not a curable cancer. It's treatable. Right. But for sure, I didn't expect it to have happened, you know, I said as quickly as it did. So it was extremely unexpected, and as you can imagine, to lose someone, especially a parent, within three months, there's just so much that... You just don't know how to deal with it. Like it's yeah. it's so overwhelming and I mean I was I was in a dark place for a while. Right. And I feel like in those moments, did you like start like I guess questioning life, like questioning things and being like, Why is this happening to me? Like what yeah. you know? I mean honestly it's God's timing. It's not really a coincidence. The same time that my dad got sick, I was laid off from my job that I had for That's, four years. Wow. Which I hated that job. So it was a blessing for me, but it was also a blessing because it allowed me to be there for my dad during that time. And it also allowed me to be able to have the time that I needed to grieve 
especially in the beginning of, of, of him passing away, I wouldn't have been able to just go back to a job, right. you know, right of away course. and do that. And some yeah. people do, and, and that's that works for them. But for me, I mean, that might work for them. I don't know. But that didn't – that wasn't something that would have worked for me. So losing my job and losing my dad, it was it, – I mean, you can only imagine how much that hits you and has an impact on you. So I for sure questioned everything. I didn't – I was like, what is my purpose in life? Everything that I thought I had in my life was kind of taken from me. I no longer had job stability. I – I mean, I didn't have my dad anymore. I mean, that was like, you know, like the biggest thing for me and the hardest thing for me to be able to accept that and understand that. And I was just in a really dark place mentally and emotionally for a really long time just trying to figure out like what my life was going to be after that. The hardest thing about grief is trying to figure out how you're going to navigate, you know, your way through Mm -hmm. life without that loved one so did you realize i guess all of that like oh this was a blessing in disguise or in those moments were you just like really upset like i know you mentioned that you were you know you're happy you were there for your dad for that but at that time it's kind of like a wow you know i lost this and i lost that and everything just kind of seems to hit you at once so no for sure i mean it was definitely felt like just was one thing after the other that that was hitting me but I knew in that moment that it was a blessing. I just remember when I found out that that I was getting laid off and I told my mom and I had told my dad at the time too. You know, it was hard. Like it sucks to obviously to lose a job and to not have that financial security and stability and to have to figure out what your next step's going to be. But I knew in that moment, I'm like, God did that at this time Mm -hmm. so that I could be there for my father. Right. You know, so I know that that was meant to happen the way that it happened. Right. Was it a year for you? Because I know you started your blog like a year after. Yeah, I started it. I started it in 2011, which I was still kind of in that. I don't want I wasn't so much in a dark period um, after that first year, but I was definitely in a state of really still trying to, you know, navigate my way, find myself again, figure out what my purpose was. Like, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do anymore, like what I was meant to do. And I was really just trying to find myself again. Okay. And it, it, that took a while. Mm-hmm. It took a couple of years for sure. Okay. And so you started your blog. You originally wanted it to be like a fashion blog. Yes. Um, that was your goal. But then because of, you know, your dad passing away, like how did that change the way you wanted to approach life even? Yeah. I mean, well, losing, a, losing any loved one, but especially losing a parent, it, for sure just changes you in a way that I don't even really know how to explain. It just changed my outlook and my mentality about everything. Did you at first like feel hesitant to share the story of losing your dad at all on your platforms? For sure. I mean, I definitely did not talk about my dad in the beginning. The first couple of years, it was really just fashion focused and kind of just surface level. I didn't really give a lot of who I was yet. I was, this was also a time when the blogging was still so new and Instagram was still so new and I was trying to figure it out. And truthfully, back then, I think I was looking for validation on social media. So it was just very surface level for me. Like I wasn't really giving an, enough of what I'm giving now. Right. But as the years went on and as I've just learned and have grown so much as a person and being in this creative digital space, I really learned the importance of how talking about what I've gone through, how that can help other people. And I started off doing it like little bit by little bit. And the response that I got was just incredible. And I was like, wow, so many other people have lost a parent or so many other people have have lost their jobs and I've had to start over. And I need to start doing more of this. I need to start sharing my story more. And then I made that switch, I want to say, 
maybe at like the three year mark of of blogging that Mm -hmm. I really started to get more personal. The more time that has passed, the more personal I have become on social media. Um, And I've really just been able to create like this incredible community of people. See, that's so amazing because at least like with you, it's not one way for you. Like you actually care about your audience and you like listen to their stories. Like you said, you've heard so many people like have the same you know, experiences you, yeah. which is incredible because like we really don't know what people are going through. Exactly. You know, um, there's so much more behind just a picture. Exactly. And no one knew at that time that that you were dealing with something e- like this. Exactly. Like, that's what's even more incredible. And the fact that like this has like helped you develop and like grow into the person that you are now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. being able to share this has made you stronger. Absolutely. And it's therapeutic and it's healing. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that by opening up and sharing my story, that it's able to, you know, touch someone and to help someone who's also struggling or going through the same thing. It's good to let people know that they're not alone in what they're going through and how they're feeling. I think we need more of that on social media. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. Um, how many years has it been since he's passed? So this August 25th will be his 10 year anniversary. Wow. I know. It's it's insane. It's it's one of those things that so much time has passed, but it also kind of feels like it just happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about my dad, but when I really allow myself to go there mentally and think of those three months, it really feels like it still feels so fresh. Like that's the crazy thing about grief. It It comes and goes and waves. It never leaves you. It always stays with you. And I want to just say for anyone who might be struggling with grief, there's no right or wrong way to grieve and there's no timeline. You know, people who haven't experienced it, they don't really understand. My mom lost her mom when she was only 21 and my mom still cries over her mom. Like that just, that never leaves you. So even though it's going to be 10 years, again, it still in so many ways feels so fresh for me. And it's something that you never just get over it. Mm -hmm. You learn to live with it. Right. And it's like a weight that you carry with you, right? So some days that weight is going to feel super light. Like you don't really feel like you're carrying it, but you're still carrying it. And then there are those days that it's just so heavy. Something can trigger you or a memory or any little thing that it just like hits you. Like that's just the crazy thing about grief. Yeah. It just always stays with you. Right. So how have you honestly coped with this? Because... Like you said, it's like still fresh for you at times. Yeah. How do you deal with something this, you know? I mean, it's honestly something that I have tried to deal with every day. Like I said, I carry it with me every day. I think a turning point for me was his five-year anniversary. I had made a promise to him when he was still alive. He had told me that it had been a dream of his to one day go to Ireland and never knew that about him. He wanted to go and sit in like an authentic Irish pub, have a pint of Guinness, explore the countryside. Like that was just like a dream of his. He was fascinated with the culture. Mm -hmm. So when he was sick, he said to me, if I make it through this, will you come with me to Ireland? And I was like, absolutely. And then I said to him, and if you don't make it through, I will go one day for you. And like, I promised him that I would do that. Mm -hmm. And five years passed and I still hadn't done that trip. And... I was so inspired to just go on my own. Mm-hmm. And I, didn't, I felt like that was something I kind of had to do for myself for my dad. So I took my very first solo trip in November of 2015. And that was just such a turning point for me with just, it, 
it was so therapeutic and freeing and it mm-hmm. was an incredible like life-changing experience like how so was it the thought while you're prepping and planning all of this was it like this is for my dad you had that mindset the entire time or did you like discover something new or like it's kind of a mixture of okay. all of it i mean i actually didn't plan and prep as in far advance as I should have I think I booked this like two months before I went it was a very like I was like I have to do this now or on my own yeah or I was like I'm not gonna do this at all but knowing that I was doing it for him just made it so special and it made me feel comforted and safe because I just felt like he was there with me in spirit solo travel that's scary like especially going it's international travel you did feel safe with that I did and I remember there were several different moments where I really felt like he was there with me the first time I had a pint of Guinness okay being in an Irish pub and there was a, a band a live band playing like Irish music mm-hmm. and I felt like he was there with me but the one moment that really stands out I went on a tour for the Cliffs of Moore one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life by the way mm-hmm. and I just I, rem- I was like uncontrollably crying but it wasn't sad tears it was like like I was smiling and crying it was like this crazy feeling that I don't even know how to describe it it was just all these emotions that I had been keeping buried down for so long just came to the surface and it was just like it was just very I don't know how to explain it it was just so freeing and so therapeutic and it was very healing and I really felt my dad in that moment so that solo trip just changed so much for me throughout the course of this journey of my grief and and loss and since 2015 i've taken one solo trip every year only in europe so far yeah but i've done eight countries by myself so far wow and every time i feel like my dad's there with me and it's it's a way for me to show him other parts of the world because I, i do believe in that i do believe that a spirit is with me and he was someone who was like afraid of airplanes, right? So he wanted to go to mm-hmm. Ireland, but he probably would have been afraid to get on the plane. And that's kind of what makes me laugh that he wanted to do it, but he, but he never got the chance, which that also makes me sad. But right. I'm happy You're kind of that I'm doing it for him in a sense. Yeah, a lot of different emotions there. Yeah. But for sure, I feel like I'm doing all of these trips and he's getting to experience other parts of the world with me. Yeah. And everyone's always like, don't you get afraid to solo travel? And isn't it dangerous? And for sure, anything can happen anytime. Anything could happen here in New York City, you know? But It's not about that. But I do feel so comforted and safe when I do these trips because I just know that he's watching over me and he's he's on that trip with me. Like, I'm not really alone, even though right. I'm alone, you know? So... That's amazing. See, I like something like that. Knowing that, you know, every year you get to do this, this helps you heal, connect, and every fresher. Every solo trip is very different. I mean, every country that I go to is different. But and it just gives me such a different experience. But it's helped me learn also so much about myself in the process. When you lose someone that you love, especially a parent, it just changes your whole outlook and your whole mentality and your mindset. And something it really specifically taught me is when I lost that job that I had, mm-hmm. I was in finance at the time, which is so crazy to think of me being in finance because I'm such a creative person. Right. And I was like stifled sitting at a desk every day and doing something I hated. So like I said before, it was such a blessing that I lost my job, especially at the time that I lost it. But it made me realize when he passed that I know it's so cliche to say life short, but it really, it really truly is. And you just never know when something's going to happen. And that made me want to go full force and like do what I love and what I'm passionate about and go after my dreams. I never got a a regular nine to five job after that job. I was very adamant about not wanting that. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted to build and create this life that I have now for myself. It took time and there's been a lot of challenge and struggles throughout 
this whole process and journey but it's so crazy how things happen because I don't think I'd be where I am right now if all this hadn't happened if my father hadn't passed away that's the craziest thing yeah. to think about you would probably still i don't know maybe i don't know what i would have been exactly. doing like i'm such a different person i was 26 when i lost him i'm 36 now it's been yeah it's i'm an old lady years you're no, not but, an old lady i know i'm not an old lady <laughs> no but i mean so much has just changed in right this, in this past decade oh yeah i'm sure it's like a battle that you've overcome and you've grown so much from that learning especially about yourself in those ages i can't imagine i feel like the 20s that time you think you know what you want to do in life but like truly you're trying to find that and it you're helps still figuring to have, it out you're still figuring it out even at even at 30 and 31 and even 32 i was really still trying to figure it out yeah, i don't there's think... no like age limit you no, know definitely not to figuring it out and i think like the fact that you had to deal with that sort of heavy load in your heart yeah. on top of that is incredible. Thank you. You know, and especially being here in New York City. <laughs> and something that it also really showed me, too, is like back in my 20s, I, I had got my heart broken several times, right? I over, over yeah, guys. Yeah, let's not forget about oh relationships. God, and relationships and things, and things like that. But when I lost my dad, I was like, okay, like this is real heartbreak. And if I can get through this, then I can get through anything. Mm-hmm. And that's just the mentality that I've that I've had since then. And in my twenties, I always made the guy the priority. And I, like I said, I always got my heart broken. So after everything that happened with my dad, I, I knew that I needed to really focus on myself. I had to focus on self love and and really just growing into who I am right now as a thirty six year old woman because I was a lost little girl, honestly, when when my father passed away. It's definitely been a journey of self love, self discovery just building what I've been able to build for myself throughout these last almost 10 years. Yeah, you may have like lost someone very special to you, but you have gained something so incredible. It's hard because people go through life sometimes having this identity crisis, not really knowing who they are. And it's crazy that something so traumatic and something so big can actually help you find that. In, in those moments, of course, it doesn't feel like that. They're like, why is this happening to me? They question life. They question the situation. Without realizing after it, you really truly find what it is you didn't even know you were looking for. Definitely. And I don't remember at what point I came across this quote, but there's this quote by Rudy Francisco that like, has stayed with me every day since I came across it. And it's I think it's so powerful and inspiring. And it really helped me during the periods of time where I was like in those really dark moments. But the quote is, instead of asking why they left, now I ask what beauty can I create in this space they no longer occupy? And I just think that's so beautiful because nothing's ever going to replace him, but I can still create something beautiful in his absence and in his honor and his memory. And I will continue trying to just carry on his legacy and, always honoring him and all the memories and everything that I that I have of him. So I love that because you honestly, you could choose to take this news of your dad and go down that dark path and stay there. Yeah. You know, let it actually affect you, not grow from it. But instead, you chose to allow that to develop into the person you are. And that's even more incredible. And to help others through that, wow. Being in that dark place, I'm sure you didn't really want to do anything like your outlook on life was just really dull like i'm sure there's a lot of things that were going through your head during that time even though he's not here physically 
I 100% believe that he's still with me. I constantly feel his presence. I always feel like he's sending me messages. There have been so many times that I know he's trying to talk to me in, in some way and to send me a message. And even just this weekend, I had a little bit of a scare. So I have his wedding ring, his wedding band. And on the inside of the ring, it has his initials, my mom's initials, and their wedding date is engraved. It's one of the only things that I have of my dad's. And I wear it every single day on my on my pointer finger, on my left hand. It's gone to Europe with me. It's gone on all my travels. It's something that just is very sentimental for me. Mm-hmm. And I was at my mom's this weekend and Saturday, I took it off in her house, completely forgot where I put it, couldn't find it, thought I lost it, went back to New York, and my mom told me she had looked everywhere, she couldn't find it, going crazy, just thinking, oh my god, like I could have lost, like I could really not ever find this again, I've never had a scare of losing it, so I was right. like just heartbroken and devastated at the thought of not finding it, I really could not remember where I put it. My mom ended up finding it today the day that we're recording our podcast. I mean, it was only gone for two days, but the fact that she found it today, that I lost it, just the timing, it's just just so crazy. And I truly believe that that was a message from him. And I I found a video of my dad when he he was sick. Mm -hmm. He had two visits to the hospital. The one visit, everything ended up like, you know, being okay. He didn't have to stay there for longer than like two days. It was around the time of Father's Day. Yeah. But I have recorded a video of him singing his favorite country song, Lucille. And this was like on my BlackBerry, you know, back in the day before iPhones. Quality is not good. But I didn't remember that I had uploaded it to my my personal Facebook page at that time. And long story short, a couple of months ago, I was looking on my Facebook and I came across that video and I was able to save it to my phone and to my laptop. That's the only video that I have of my dad. I could not really see him that well, but you could hear his voice. And Mm -hmm. I just cherish that so much. But I always find these little things when I need them the most. He just always has a way of showing me that his presence is so strong still and he's still here. I love that. And it's just, that's a beautiful thing. There really is. He was very supportive too. He was extremely supportive. When he was getting chemotherapy, I mean, I used to do music. So I was recording music Mm -hmm. for years back then. And he was like my biggest fan. He would be getting chemotherapy and telling the nurses to listen to my song on iTunes and just telling them to listen to my music. And even the weekend that he was diagnosed, I was supposed to go down the shore with my friends that Sunday for Memorial Day weekend. And he kept telling me to go anyway. And I'm like, you're crazy. I'm not going down. I'm not leaving you. I'm not going down the shore. But it was just little things like that. He was just always so supportive. And I told him one time that I wanted to learn how to play the guitar and he called me up maybe a week or two later and he goes, go outside and look in the backseat of your car. I go outside, I look in the backseat and there's a brand new Yamaha acoustic guitar. Like he just had so much faith in me. He believed in me and my dreams so much. It's actually one of the reasons why I had stopped recording music a year after he passed. It just, it was so hard to not have that support. Yeah. So it just didn't feel the same for me. Mm-hmm. But but now yeah I mean but I know he's with me now you know I'm definitely in a better place with my grief and with my healing and like I said I constantly feel his presence I know he's been with me every step of the way since he passed away Mm -hmm. and he's watching everything that I'm doing and even though he's not physically here I know that I still have that support from him Mm -hmm. and I I want to think that he's proud of me and I hope that he's proud of me and the woman that I become but that's the hardest thing too is Back then, I feel like I was selfish, and I was 
not who I am now. I would just wish that he was here to see the woman that I've become and all the ways that I have grown because he used to tell me back then that I was a little selfish. Yeah. And that's something that I knew I needed to change over the years. And I'm really happy that I got to a place that that's so in the past and that's not a part of who I am today. I'm sure he's incredibly proud to like know that something like this has turned you into that beautiful woman that you are now. I hope so. So he sees that he watches over you. It's Thank you. I'm sure he's so proud of you. Thank you. That means so much. And I just, I find it so incredible that you've turned grief into a healing thing that people can learn from through you. Yeah, and I think it it happens at different times for everyone. Right. And unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't happen at all. Some people do turn to things like drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. and things like that. And yeah. that, that never happened for me. But I just got, I was in a place where I was very closed off. And like I said, I never wanted to talk about him. Um, But grief is so different for everyone. Everyone has such a different way of handling it. But I knew that I had to get to a point where I had to live my best life. And I had to go after the things that I really wanted. Because you just never know when something's going to happen. And just everything that happened with him so quickly is just such a testament to that. And time is something we never get back. Absolutely. We always want more of it, right? Yeah. We never get it back. And I just want to do as much as I can with the time that I do have. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly using that as my inspiration and my motivation. I mean, I have the word inspired tattooed on my wrist. And I got this after his wake. He was a principal, by the way, my dad, right? So he mm-hmm. was in the education system for like 30 plus years. He was a teacher, an assistant principal, and then a principal. He was only retired one year when he got sick. So he only got to enjoy retirement for one year. But so many people that he had worked with and students and teachers had been at his wake. And literally everyone was like, your dad inspired me. Your dad was such an inspiration. Your dad was like a father to me. I learned so much from him. And I was just like, okay, this is incredible. The legacy that he left behind Mm -hmm. is that he inspired so many people. And I knew that... In some way, I wanted to continue that for him. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to, to inspire in, in some way, too. And, you know, I got the word inspire tattooed as my daily mantra. When I have my moments where I, I do feel like that grief is very heavy or I'm struggling or I'm having a bad day or whatever the case may be, I honestly just look look down at it and I think of him. And it just reminds me that I'm on the right path and that I just have to keep going and I have to keep going full force. Yeah, just like I said, I want to continue doing what he he did in a sense. And I can do that by sharing my stories and just with the community that I've been able to build on social media. And I want to continue that. So, Well, Maddie, you are seriously an amazing person and so inspirational. And thank you for sharing this. I know how hard it is to do that, but... You sharing this has been seriously, like, so uplifting. Thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for allowing me to share the story, too, and for thinking of me to come on here. I really appreciate that. Thank you for being here. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series, Seasons of Waiting, where I share why 2019 was a difficult year for me, and I open up about making a huge decision after waiting for a long period of time and following your heart. Thanks for tuning in.